Welcome to the You Can Man podcast, episode 107. I'm Josh. I'm Tim. And I'm Dave. And on this week's episode, Is It Worth It? guys welcome back to the you can man podcast where we think you know what one man can do you can probably do you might be able to do as well (laughs) you might be able to do it might not be worth it but we think you should try uh on on this week's episode we're going to be talking about is is it worth it Uh, kind of an extension of a old episode we did on do it yourself or hire a pro Kind of a theme we've talked about off and on through a lot of our episodes. And I think it's come up on the Facebook group before, like, uh, you know, do do I need to hire this out? That sort of thing. Look, it's a legitimate question, and we thought it needed to be be revisited. So going to be talking about that a little bit. Yeah, I I mean, as always, the spirit of the podcast is take a good look at it and think about it. See what you could do yourself, right? And then make some judgment calls on. Is yeah, it worth we're it? always going to default to doing it yourself. Obviously, maybe, yes. maybe. Uh, I mean, well, I am. Maybe Dave. Unless it's not. a garage door. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. We should. Yeah, we should talk about that totally. Uh, but first, guys, what has been going on? Well, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Tis the season, boys. Yes, right? this should release before Christmas. So we're, so we're five, five days out from Christmas. And um, something that I want to talk to you guys about, maybe this has come up before, but I need to know who these people are that think it's acceptable to put reindeer antlers on their car. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to say I'm sorry to any of you folks out there in UK Man land that are, that are you know riding in your minivan right now. With reindeer antlers, way to be a Scrooge. I'm man. not I mean, gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna apologize because I just don't understand it, man. Like even the Rudolph, you know, nose on the front. Mm. I'm gonna allow that, mm. but the antlers, man, it's almost like antenna telling me to stay away from you. Wow, that's harsh, man. I'm I don't a, think it's I'm harsh. a Grinch, and that it's kind of. They just look so stupid they, to me. They, Josh, did y'all put up a Christmas spirit. tree? Oh, that's another thing I want. You're talking about Scrooges. You guys, trees. what? Have you ever put, there? every time I come over to these houses of yours, zero Christmas lights. What are you talking about? There's no Christmas we lights out there. We got two Christmas trees. You have no Christmas lights on the outside of your house. Yeah, I know. My kids want that every year. And I yeah, your it. poor kids are never going to have Christmas lights on their house. It's almost like a badge of honor when you're a kid. It's like, like my lights are better than your light. My it dad's gets lights are better too than your late lights. in the season. And I'm like, lazy. I'll do that next year. I think year. we need to write this down for a podcast next year. My, my wife is a very understanding lady and lets me get away with a lot of stuff. But that's one thing. She won't let it slide. She's like, you going to be putting those lights up today? Like, she kind of requires it. So mm. it gets done. She doesn't require the reindeer antlers on the car, though, thankfully. What if she did? I'd have to. Oh, well, we, I would not do it. 100% <laughs> I would say we're not would doing that. Would she be allowed to do it on her own? Vehicle? No. They would come. They'd be take. Um, I wouldn't ride in it. <laughs> I'm not going to ride. I'm not riding with reindeer Speaking antlers on my antlers, car. I know that uh, everyone has that one idea that you're like, hey. That was my idea, and I could have made a million dollars if I'd executed Rain- it. Oh, it. yeah. Was that your thing? In, in like 1997, yeah. in the Sprayberry High School parking lot, I was walking through at night, and it was wintertime. I know this story. And somebody had a one of those college flags stuck in their window. And like a, I glanced, and I was like, that looks like a reindeer antler, like on the car, like characteristic of a reindeer antler. And I was like, man, somebody should make... 
reindeer antlers for cars, and then five years later, they were everywhere. If you were, the I ca- mean, it was probably they probably had that. I mean, hadn't seen never it, right? seen it up to that. If point. you were the kind of guy that put lights on his house, then you'd be the kind of guy that would have made that happen. And but that's the sort of thing you're not going to get a patent on that. Mm. Yeah, you could. Are you know. kidding me? Come on. Antlers for a car. <laughs> I don't know how patents. You work, see how many so. people, how many idiots out there are doing it. You know what? This is completely <laughs> random concerning patents and cool products that I just haven't seen yet, but somebody made the the lights in the coolers. We've talked about this before. Mm, Was it not on Shark smart. Tank? Like that's years a really ago? good idea. I don't use coolers enough to think about. But that I, one, I think they did actually have a patent on it. Hmm. Have they come to market? I mean. I have yet to see a, a cooler. There's got to be one of those $1,400 Yetis has to do that. Something. I don't know. I've, I've never even seen a Yeti that does it. Maybe yeah. I'm just completely I haven't seen ignorant. it either. Is yeah, that an ex- idea you had? The execution no. seems you just saw I, mean, the I don't shark think tank. so. No. Okay. All right. That's a good idea. Well, it, well to Josh's kind of point, I, I guess it was like a uh, – yeah, when, when you see this, you're like – did not well, someone already think? I think of that's it? the like, hurdle you have to get over. You can't do the thing of someone's already. That's done not this. how inventors think. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that. You just go, just go. You, for it. you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just put this out here on the podcast because I can't make it happen myself. So one of you, sure uh, you out here listening to the podcast can make this happen. Contact me, please. But I'm just. Gonna it go has ahead. already been done though. Like I, it's been on national television, right? Not what I'm talking about. Okay. I got another idea. Okay. No, another, all right. All right. Going, moving on. I'm going another completely <laughs> random Please direction. don't be reindeer antlers. We should antlers. have called this episode patents. Yeah. <laughs> right. Inventing. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure that I've told you guys about this before. All right. You're pumping gas. I've told you this. Have I not? Okay. Now you haven't you're told pumping, me. Okay. You're pumping gas. <laughs> you get done. And, you know, you leave it in the thing there and you try to get the- You get the one more chunk Yeah. You yeah. try to get the last little bit no, out of there. you let it dribble. You oh, yeah. 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 You yeah, let yeah, it got drip. Got to. Got to. It doesn't matter what you do, like how you try to get the last little bit of gas out whenever. I don't care what you do. You get a little bit of drip. You, when you take the thing out, it, it drips at least three drops. Yeah, you're getting some dribbles. It just it, – it never fails on the ground. Multiplied by thousands. Why can't someone invent a completely dripless gas nozzle – and I've got ideas. I'm I've got California ideas. California hasn't made that. I know because the oh, gas they're just pump, getting rid of engines. The handle, right. yeah, they are. The, the handle is the same as it has been as, as long as I can remember. Well, I'm sure there are small differences or maybe like internal things, but it's the same thing by and large. Probably, since the 80s. I've got an idea that I think would work. Uh, it'd be too much to like explain, but if somebody out there is listening and you're like a really smart engineer, dude. That would want to tackle Dripless this. Nozzle. You could just do a vow. I'm sorry. I, have I wish to, we had an engineer on the podcast. <laughs> Good lord! You could just do like a valve on the. You could do a valve on like the end of the nozzle that closed it off. Right. I think you'd still have uh, surface tension that would have still Maybe. have a couple drips outside that area. If only I had studied surface tension <laughs> in engineering school, which yep. I did. Well, then you make it, Dave. Hey, yeah. This is something no, you I'd, sell to the government. That's what I'm talking about. That's a big concept. Sell it to the Now, I did do some patent searches, and I did come across some uh, inventions that were along these lines, but nothing really like what I was thinking. Now, it probably exists, but then I'm like, why why hasn't it been implemented if it doesn't exist? Because think about how many times people get gas across the the world every day. Yeah. 
And every single one of those goes people straight on the ground, right on the ground. You know, and I mean, I guess you could say that it kind of like evaporates or whatever. Or some I, I, I don't sure. know, but there, there's got to be some it's sort of off. you know what environmental it, impact. You know what bothers me more than at the end is with uh, so being a you know I have a motorcycle and I don't really ride anymore. But when I did, what bothered me more was when I would take the handle off of the pump and I would turn it. So you, if you can imagine pumping up a motorcycle, the tank is generally in front of you, right? The opening for the tank is on the top of the motorcycle. So you take the pump and you turn it over. And then like, so there's all, there was always remnants in the nozzle that would fall out onto the tank. And you're like, oh, like it would just oh, burn you I up. I see what you mean. Yeah. So Tim, get on it. Hey man, I need some help. Con- find an engineer friend. I and, need uh, a little help from my friends. <laughs> What's up all right? with this? Phil, do you move my little, my oh, thing, man? It was Bulging into Dave's it. talking about I'm it. messing with my, my mic. pop filter. Is that what it is called? A pop filter? Yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Goes over the mic. It's all jacked up. Sorry. Right, cool. I don't think I've messed with I it. I did it. Josh um, did. Uh, no. So we're good? You got anything else? Uh, yes. Uh, Josh, I wanted month? to talk to you about your table saw. So You didn't hurt yourself, did you? No. Okay. But... When I flip that that paddle switch, I guess that's that that's ta- a, that the table the is thing, like no it it sounds like death oh, like it sounds like I'm about to die yeah I don't know what it is about it's a very aggressive start it's not a it's not a um what am I trying to say it's not like a a really high powered table saw I mean it's like it's not a, a high little end table saw table saw it's either. not it's that freight. thing. It's not. No, it's, it's not. It's a skill, I think. Yeah. Okay, but also, it, not only does it sound like death, but then the you've got it. It's not bolted. Down. It's not bolted down. No, it's not. It, <laughs> he's got it on now. You got to transport it because a couple right. of my friends borrow it. Who? Yes. Uh, who? I, I used it like uh, like two Twice different times week, this yeah. past week. Uh, I. Oh gosh, this is ridiculous. I cut down. I narrowed an IKEA packs. Wardrobe, nice. Okay, hopefully most of our listeners know. You took what a that saw is. to an IKEA, yes, product because I I renovated our our closet. I don't. I think I talked about this last time. Anyways, a couple different packs wardrobes went into this space that was my wife's original closet. Like I opened it up, slid these big unit like uh, packs wardrobes in there, and there was like this narrow area left over. That were like, well, I mean, I could wall this up and it's just like this empty cavity kind of thing in in there. Or I could try to use it. And then my wife had the idea, well, why don't we just get another PAX wardrobe and you cut it down and modify it? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I did it. It was fine. I mean. It's a pro move right there. I had to cut down one, two, three, four, like four pieces, I think. And then I had to transfer you know, the holes that accepted. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, I didn't actually do that on that one side. What I did was I, I was like, forget those. I don't know. What are those little connectors that Ikea uses? It's like a. The, uh, the spawn what a, of Satan is what they are. I think the moral of the story, Josh, is that you need to get a better table saw for your friends to mm-hmm. use. Yeah. That actually <laughs> yeah. works. Well, it's scary. It works. It's just scary. It is scary. It is. And it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to figure out how to unfold it. And you're like, I think it's going this way, but then it goes the other way. And you're like, you know, it gets unfolded. all, it gets all cattywampus. You, I'm talking about your um, – Now you're talking about I'm talking about your miter saw. saw. I'm talking yeah, about your yeah. miter saw. I haven't borrowed your table saw, I don't think. Yes, you I have. Just returned it, it is not bolted months. down. All right, now I'm thinking of the other one that's all janky. That one, that one is. My more miter s- saw is nice. The miter saw is nice. 
the table saw is super sketch yeah. because that thing's table saws are sketchy to begin with. Well, and then when it's not bolted, well, I can't. It's a pain to bolt down, and yeah, you can't transport it. You had so when I borrowed it, a pickup truck, which none of us, yeah, because we're, yeah, we're all wusses. But uh, you did have it bolted down with. You had bolts going through it with a nut that didn't fit the threads mm. on there at one point. You sure, yeah. I mean, anyway. I just set it on top of the the stand that he had. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I was fine with it. Just don't push hard on it. Don't tip yeah. it over. Yeah, right. I mean, I gave it, you know, a couple wiggles before I. Oh yeah, turned that's that not going on. anywhere. All right, so let's talk about is it worth it? All right, now we've debated this. I can the the things that are coming to my mind when I think about this topic that we've debated is changing your own oil. I think that's we've talked about this like so much. Yep. That's not necessarily a job that you're actually thinking, oh, I need to hire a professional. It's more like I just don't have the time to right. do it. So you should be able to do it. Everybody, I think in our opinion, our humble opinion, you should know how to change You your should oil. know how to change Now, I'm not oil. doing it anymore. I've done it enough and I'm done. I think I will forever do it. Even if I become a millionaire, I will continue to do it myself. I believe that. I think I'm not going to say it's noble. Again, my whole (laughs) thing is the frigging storing of the oil. I'm just not going to do it. I don't mind changing it. It's the oil. I just bought a couple of those things from Walmart, the storage things. Me too. They've been full for five years. Dude, just take it to AutoZone. I'm not doing it. It's super easy. I'm not – like I, de- I debate whether I'm going to take it or whether I'm just going to pour it in the backyard. Like that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> and so it just sits in my garage for – it might be more than five years. Well, I've I've stockpiled a bunch of it because for probably like two years now, I kept telling myself I was going to use – you guys ever seen the um, old oil diesel mixture staining of wood technique? Mm, Have you yes. seen this before? I think we should do it, do it on the uh, floor of your trailer, Josh. I think that would actually be a good. I need to replace some boards. A good use you of double it. wide, <clears throat> but it's actually if you if you think about it, it's actually better for the environment. I know that sounds super weird, but probably better for the environment for you to use old motor oil and diesel fuel to stain your wood and seal it. No, then it, yes, then it is then to get. Than to get the sealant. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's it's probably just as worse. Feel like we're splitting hairs. Well, at least this way, it's already been used, and you're 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 recycling. Yeah. So I mm, I don't know, but I've heard it said that that could be a uh, better for the environment situation. Okay, that was off topic. Uh, (laughs) That's what we do, man. (laughs) Look, we go in all directions, and it's entertainment. That's what we provide here. Okay, but. What I'm, what we're kind of really getting at is those jobs that you definitely could do yourself, but it is a massive learning curve. So I've got a pretty big, well, very, very big bathroom renovation coming up where I'm like, I'm, I'm taking it down to the studs. Okay. I'm taking everything out. I'm expanding the space. I'm taking over like two and a half closets. I've never done tile work before. I've helped somebody do floor tile before, but it was just kind of like, hey, hand me that tile, set it here. Yeah, like I, I just haven't done it. I ripped out a lot of tile, but I've just never done it before. So I'm kind of thinking like, ah, oh, man, am I going to get into this? Because I'm planning to do every single bit of that entire thing myself, plumbing, any electrical, everything. That's at one end of the spe- – well, the tile thing, but – 
is not at one end of the spectrum, but doing that entire job by yourself, like debating that or thinking about that, should I do that myself or hire a pro? That's one end of the spectrum, right? Like I feel like most people are going to hire a lot of that out, but you're looking at doing it all yourself. I think you should. Well, we do have. You should treat yourself. We and be have, like, you know what? I'm going to have somebody do this tile. We do me. have three full bathrooms. Now they're small bathrooms, but we've got two other bathrooms. So yeah. when I'm tearing this one apart, it's not like you know we're not down to one bathroom or no bathroom. Uh, so obviously that would change my thoughts on the matter. So like if you're looking at renovating your master bath and you've only got the one other bathroom and you've got like three kids, well, I don't know. You might be thinking, is it worth it? You know, maybe I need to hire hire this out. But something like tile, I mean, it it's a it's a friggin' art form, you know, a lot of times. Like to be really, really good at oh, it. Yeah. And I'm about to like spend a lot of money on tile. And then try to do it myself. I mean, who knows? I might do a good job, but chances are I probably won't. Yeah, you got to be honest with yourself and, you know, can I handle this? Do I want to handle this? Tile is one of those things where I think most people can do it, but it's easy to mess it up. And if you get into if you get into a situation like if you're not a pro, it's just not going to look great. Tile is so uh, visible. Like if you know basic electrical, it's behind walls. And as long as you install an outlet in the right place, you've done a pretty good job. You know, it might not be the, it might not be the, um, you know, the way an electrician who's done it for twenty years yeah, has don't done have it. bare wires. But as long as exposed it's as long and, as it's safe, yeah, it's and it it's connected, then it works. But like tile is it's out there. I'm walking on this every day. Like every imperfection, like under your feet, can be felt. Um, and yeah, the the uh, risk is higher on tile. Yeah, and another thing with it too is that I, as I'm doing research, I'm realizing, oh, okay, there's multiple different ways to go about doing this. So then I get to thinking. So I've got a 1964 ranch. So I, uh, you listeners who have not demoed an old bathroom, uh, especially a ranch style. I mean, I guess anything prior. <laughs> I don't know, through the 60s, maybe up in, mm-hmm. through the 70s. I, I, I mean, it, they did it. They've done it forever. But the way that they would do tile is they would literally make this massive, massively thick mortar bed. Yeah, they're, it's built like a tank, right? Yeah, so they didn't have the, the concrete board, stuff like that. It was – they would literally make a – they pour, a, they pour a slab onto the subfloor. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So I've demoed. With wire in it. Yeah. I've demoed a bathroom. I think it was uh, a late 50s ranch. It was a friend of ours. It was the thickest mortar bed I have ever seen. I don't even know how. It was like they like sunk in the floor and per, like did that on purpose mm-hmm. to do it. So like a lot of times it'll be like. Your house will have two layers of subfloor like mine does. I've got two layers. So they only put the first layer in the bathrooms and then they put the mortar bed. So then in that way, the floor is level with the rest of the floor in the house. Does that make sense? Yeah, I got it. Okay. What? You don't get that? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I just shook my head. Uh Uh-huh. So anyways, I'm just thinking like, well, why couldn't I just do that again? I mean, I know that would be crazy, but I'm also looking at the tile that is currently in those bathrooms. Now, it may be peach and lavender Mm. and turquoise, Mm. 
Uh, those are my three different bathrooms. Just like we I liked it. <laughs> we haven't renovated them. And we had matching um, toilet fixtures. We had like peach toilet, peach sink, and then the lavender I, one was I don't all know. Why matching you, lavender. Why do you want to change it? It, I mean, sounds, some it sounds gorgeous. People, I know. Some people listening would be like, you can why are you changing those. that? So, no, they're not. Well, it's funny when when we uh, we did change out the toilet. So uh, when we were first doing a lot of the renovations, again, haven't really touched the bathrooms, but I did change out the toilets. The previous owners, they're like, "Hey, if you get rid of that uh, the purple toilet, we would want it." Oh yeah, and I'm like, "We'll be, uh, I'll be okay. we'll get right on that." So I took it out and I just left it outside our front door. You told and, them? Yeah. I was wow. like, come by and get it. They just never got it. So this this purple toilet was sitting outside my front door yeah. for like several days. They ain't getting Anyways. a call from me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm thinking, gosh, could I just do it the same way that they did that? But there's got to be really good reasons why. But you look at that tile and it, I mean, other than it being like, you know, dingy and stuff, it looks like probably the day it was installed. There's no cracks. I mean, it looks great. Yo, you guys have been in some yeah. of my bathrooms. Other than the color and it's like dingy and stuff, it yep. still looks great. It's a time capsule. Yeah, on those, if the subfloor, if there's no water damage, like, it's, right. it's fine. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm thinking that it's because they did such a good job with it that there is no water mm-hmm. damage. Mm-hmm. But now you – that house that you guys slept, Josh, uh, it was like an older ranch, right? And you had water damage. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I yeah. remember they let their toilet get out of control, like leaking, and uh, so there was that curb. So in, then the floor starts caving in, which allows everything. To there crack. was a curb into I think the shower, and I remember we bro- yes. had to break that up with a sledgehammer, yep. and they had a lead pan. Now I don't know if they still do it like that. I can't imagine that it's done like that. You no, know, today, not quite but the same. man, that thing you could have hit it with a truck, and it wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, so I mean, back to the point. There's a bunch of variables. There's a time element. There's you know financial element. Uh, there's how yeah how volatile is the is the project like risk reward on tile super high like other stuff not so much like framing all that um, right. that's easy like and that's that's something that's a very good intro to renovating a space is Josh, like, you, tackle framing yourself you just hit all my main points and I'm gonna break it down for you okay I'm gonna be the contrarian and say it's not worth it all right uh-huh. I'm not doing it anymore I don't know if it's because I. I'm getting older and I'm to the age now where nobody told me this was going to happen, but I'm just tired all the time. (laughs) I did not used to be like this. I'm just tired all the time. It doesn't matter how much sleep I get. So I don't know if it's that or if it's I don't have as much time anymore, you know, raising two young kids. You don't have a whole lot of time on your hands. I don't know. I'm not, you know, back in the days where I was making nine dollars an hour, like I'd be doing everything myself. Like, I don't know if it's that I'm just not doing like. I'm not going to say I'm not going to do anything. Today, I repaired a, I patched a hole in an interior, like drywall. And uh, well, I'm not calling somebody to do that. But these jobs, I'll be calling. They're probably not going to get done because I don't want to pay anyone to do them. So that's the well, issue. Well, Dave, there's this podcast. It's called You I Can, know. Man. I'm on. I host a, uh, a do-it-yourself podcast. And I'm telling everybody to not do it themselves. Right. I don't believe that. But there's also like a mental hurdle where I'm like, God, I don't want to do that tile job. Well, there's for me recently, there's been a... A mental health perspective, that's a very cliche word right now. But like there's a portion of like you have a project that you're capable of that's sitting there that you look at every day that on a level grinds on you every day because it's not done. And so you beat yourself up and you're like, I should be able to get that done. And so recently I've taken a couple of those projects, like we had some landscaping, like two phases of landscaping projects at our house. 
that has been needed to be done for six years. And we paid money that we really didn't want to spend, but the professionals got it knocked out in a day and I didn't have to do it. And now every day I come home and I can look at it and say, hey, that looks nice instead of I'm a piece of crap because I haven't <laughs> taken on this project. You're right, Josh. Right? I did the same thing with my Tim. You told me. So my um, what the heck happened? My garage door spring broke. That's what it was. And Tim said, uh, I think you texted me. You're like, hey, man, it is time to get rid of the oldest garage door in the city of Marietta. Right. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm not going to do this myself. Hired it out. So glad I did it. So glad I hired it out because it would have taken me forever. I wouldn't have done it right. It would have leaked water all the time. So, yeah, it's a good point. Just get it done. Now, if that spring breaks, you can do that yourself. Yes, because Tim has done it. I hope you're listening. Garage door <laughs> mafia on, oh, on Snapshots fired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they weren't happy. So we, we said that a while back that you could do it. They weren't happy about okay, it. And for, they, for they new had, listeners, they tried to they cancel had, us. We, need, we, we had need to a, explain this because for new listeners, they're not going to know what in the world is talking about. We did an entire show on do-it-yourself garage door repair and I talked all about how I replaced my own torsion spring and you talked which to, is dangerous it is they, dangerous. they have a point it is dangerous which but it's totally doable and we had I don't know we what will we do put some hashtags on on, on our Instagram post right. and this freaking garage door yeah this freaking group that literally caused themselves they were salty about it the garage door mafia like attacked us on social media, yep. and it's like they even left a review on Apple Podcasts, and we're yeah. like, "Listener, beware!" Blah blah. And I, In that I, voice, come yep. on, seriously. The pro, the issue, they've got to deal with the, you know, like with That's the after effects. Like they, they, well, they have to deal with it when it goes wrong. True. So they see the trauma that it creates. But so we talked I get, about that. I get it from that perspective. But look, yep. if you want to replace your own spring. Replace your own spring. A just, gra- just I'm going to go ahead and just say a grandma could do it. Take oh, that garage snap. door mafia. If it's there are small, videos online of a, like of an older woman on a ladder, like doing it herself. If you take your time, you do your research, you methodically do it. It's totally fine. I did it. Whatever. Okay. Back to the topic. Right. Moving but on. Honestly, that's that's one of those things that somebody would be like, oh, I really need to hire a professional to do that. Well. Again, it depends on the person. But what we want to do is kind of just like walk you through this mentally and your decision-making process. Now, I was going to mention, too, that what has really helped me before is to be able to talk it through like a specific project, talk it through with somebody that has done it before. Now, you probably want to choose a friend of yours that is optimistic and not <laughs> pessimistic. Don't talk to Dave. Don't talk to Dave. <laughs> uh, so like when people will call me and talk to me about, you know, hey, should, can, is this something I can do? And, and I'm, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, you can totally do this and I'll walk them through it. Yep. Uh, but having somebody that's done it before, you know, we're always big on with a little help from your friends. And that is such a massive part of this to be able to literally call somebody up and talk talk to them. I've got this project. I'm dreading it. I think I could do it. Never done it before. I know you've done it before. Can you walk me through it? And then that's going to really help you decide what to do. So if you're a dude or gal listening to this right now and you're thinking about tackling a project, uh, hey, 
reach out to somebody. So talk to your your wife or whatever. Be like, okay, I listened to the podcast, and they told me I need to find a friend to talk it through. Do you know anybody that's done this before? And you know, chances are good we can find somebody for you that's done the project you're thinking about doing. Or post about it on the Our on the group. Facebook group. Yeah, yes. reach out. We we can. We can get you connected maybe with somebody who can help you out. But also at the end of the day, you like I like to joke that I'm not going to I'm going to hire everything. I don't do that. But at the end of the day, you're far more capable, I think, than you give yourself credit for. Because when I bought a house, I didn't nobody taught me how to do this stuff like you. Tim says it all the time. YouTube's your best friend. There's a ton of information out there. There are books you can get at your local big box store and you can do a lot of these projects. It just you got to jump into it. Yeah, every single project is going to be completely different. So based on your own skill set, this is not a – we can't sit here and say like, oh, yeah, you can definitely do this. You can't do this. You need to hire a pro for that. I don't think you can ever really say that because I think everybody's skill set is different. So what one guy would say like, oh, my gosh, you're going to hire somebody for that. (laughs) The next guy's like, "Ah, yeah, I, I really need to do that. Uh, so there's certain things like with me, I've done tons of stuff, but I've, I've just never done tile work. So, you know, I'll be talking to somebody else that does a lot of things themselves. And, you know, I'll talk to them about taking out this massive load bearing wall. And they're like, oh, my gosh, you did that? Like, yeah, I did that. And then I'll be like, I, I've never done tile. They're like, seriously, you've never done tile before. So, again, it, look, it's just it's going to be on an individual project basis. But what we want to do is is just get you guys thinking of that mental process involved. You you need to get together with a friend that's done it before and talk it through with them. But we're always going to encourage you to do things yourself for sure. But we wanted you guys to start thinking through, is this something that's actually worth doing myself or should I hire a pro? So hopefully you, this has at least got you thinking about what you should do next. Okay. I think we've actually got a bonus segment this week. Yes, we did. Josh Josh, bringing it has a bonus segment about the what do we call this the Midwest tornadoes what are we calling this yeah this is they call uh, them twisters out there the, the quad state quad state quad state tornado okay good deal so it, it, if you follow our Facebook group I had posted a link to uh, donate if you wanted to donate um, it, it was through the Southern Baptists they have like a, a really amazing disaster relief program and so I had posted a link on our Facebook group if you wanted to donate to that. But we'll be back right after the break. Do you have an idea for a website that you've just been sitting on forever and ever and just can't get it off the ground? Well, maybe website hosting and domain name registration and all these things kind of confuse you. They did me at one point in time, but I've been using GetSimple.net for years. You know, hosting your website can be really complex, such a hassle, but not when you go to GetSimple.net. Whether you need hosting for something specific like WordPress or you need to register a domain name, Simple Source Solutions can help you dump the stress and get back to doing what makes your business great. Simple Source is your trusted hosting provider for all your hosting needs. We've got a promo code for you guys. So to get started, visit GetSimple.net and use promo code YCM for 10% off your order. That's promo code YCM at GetSimple.net. All 
right, guys, welcome back. I'm really uh, interested to hear this, Josh. I selfishly asked you to do a bonus segment on the tornadoes because I knew you'd do a way better job at researching it. Josh loves weather. He does. He does. And I'm really interested to hear about the tornadoes. Man, awful tragedy. And uh, but let's let's hear about it. What what happened? Yeah. So I was actually um, so I started my research about a week ago. I mean, these only happened like December 10th, uh, yep. the night of December 10th. So that's uh, nine days ago. So there's still data coming out. And um, so even since I started my research, I've had to like go go back and update some some numbers. But I do love weather. Super fascinated by tornadoes. I texted Dave the other day. Because when, you know, we David and I used to be roommates and we'd like a storm would come and like we'd go out and like storm chase it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't ever anything super serious. I told him, as I'm older now, I have to preface my fascination with tornadoes and my um, wish to see a tornado in person. Because I'm always like, I'd love to see a tornado in person. I was like, let me clarify. I'd love to see a tornado from a distance uh, in a very open area. Maybe moving left to right <laughs> and not directly yeah, at you or yeah. away from you. So, the, yeah, the fascination is kind of – it's still there, but uh, I wish cautious. to see one. I don't want to see one near my house. Do you? This is getting – it's not off topic, but I'm going to interrupt you and ask you. Do you guys have the dream where you're like, I finally – like you're staring at a tornado and you're like, I finally have seen one. And like it's no. – you wake up and you're like, wait a minute. Did no, I just, I've had multiple dude, I have that one all the dreams, time. but not. Uh, I have that one and the dream where you didn't graduate high school or college <laughs> and you still have to go back to the class. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So back to this uh, tornado. So this was a massive tornado outbreak and the deadliest and largest on record in the month of December. Yeah, in December. That's Dang. what was, seems so, so weird. Pretty rare to have an outbreak of this size in December. Like t- December tornado is pretty common, but... An outbreak. This outbreak consisted of 62 different tornadoes so far confirmed. Damage from Arkansas through Missouri, Illinois, just the bottom tip of Missouri, bottom tip of Illinois, and then really long track through Kentucky, and it also hit the corner of Tennessee. So across the uh, Mississippi River. Wasn't it? It was in Mississippi too, no? No. This is north of Mississippi. Went over the Mississippi River. What was crazy about this storm system is it one of the most prolific long track supercell systems. So a supercell is like the big thunderstorm. If you've heard of a hook echo, it has like a certain shape that is like signature. Radar indicated tornado. Yeah. Signature storm that can produce tornadoes and likely produce tornadoes. And this one specific supercell they tracked, it would have been the longest tornado consistent, like on the ground tornado since 1925, where a tornado was on the ground for 250 miles straight. Dang. It would have surpassed that, but there was an actual, like, it was two independent tornadoes. So the, the storm dropped a tornado that was like 100 and, no, this one was 81 miles, and then it kind of broke up. I think around the Mississippi River and then redropped another tornado that went another like 165 miles. So an insane like 600 mile path basically this storm took dropping dropping tornadoes killed a bunch of people. I think 75 Man, at last count. Um, 55 injured. And these were at night, weren't they? Yeah, these are the yeah. super dangerous ones at night. And, and these ones that aren't out west are 
there's more trees. Yeah. There's more populated areas. It's, it's hard know, to see them, right? There's just a lot of um, – now, our technology is still really good as far as warning against tornadoes. So, a lot of people – I mean, a storm like this 80 years ago would have killed way more people. There was one candle factory. I don't know if you guys heard. Mayfield, yes. Kentucky. Mayfield was like the hardest hit town. Now, did the truth ever come out about – because I, I heard all this or read the headlines or something where it was like the employer – wouldn't let the yeah, employees go home. No, they said or, I heard that they told them, you know, don't leave. Or, like you'll be fired if you leave, kind of. Yeah, thing. that's still up in the air. Um, I think uh, fifteen at least employees have hired an attorney to start addressing wow. this, so th- that'll get handled in the courts. Um, don't know what's true, uh, but I've seen a lot of interviews on both sides. Like some of the people, it was a candle factory. It paid like the minimum wage a lot of times it sounded like. But it was a, a place that employed uh, over 200 people. I think there were 110 people there that night because they're producing for Christmas. It's a place where people who really can't get any other jobs can work. Like they take, you know, a lot of felons like or, or people with criminal history, basically, who get denied a lot of other jobs, work here. So a lot of people love it. And then like from when I was looking at a lot of interviews, people were saying it's, you know, it's slave labor and like all like – all that will come out in the end. But the, the worry was there was 110 people and there was a bunch of people unaccounted for wow. in the first like eight, you know, eight hours the next morning. It turns out eight people died, which is way less than they thought. Um, 17 hospitalized. Yeah, a couple of heroic, heroic stories out of there. Inadequate preparation, it sounded like, was, was a From factor. the candle factory. You're still talking about yeah, that? Yeah, sorry. From okay. the candle factory. Still... Yeah, even proper places for employees to go, it sounds like, may, may have been an issue. Have they determined the, how the strength of these tornadoes yet? Yeah. So the three major ones, and again, there were 62. 62 tornadoes. I heard that one of them was like a mile wide. Yes. These, how, does that, how does that work? It's I can't even fathom it. Like, Well, if you've there, watched the movie Twister, you can there fathom was an it. EF, there were two EF4s and an EF3 Dang. that were like the big that caused almost all of the deaths. Um, the EF4 that tracked from Woodland Mills, Tennessee up to McDaniels, Kentucky, 165 miles on the ground, 165 miles, and was about a mile wide. EF4 its, is that's, largest. that's an incredible tornado. If you're not aware, the, the EF scale goes from zero to five and four is – I mean that's yep. that's a rough one. Yes, really four, bad. Four is terrible. Uh, yeah. Five is that's that, five basically just wipes the earth. It clean. scours the earth. Um, yeah, there is some scouring. Uh, I couldn't confirm date on this. There was there was a seismograph near the path of the tornado, and people are looking at that data because wow. they can they think the seismograph might have picked up the scouring of the earth, which means wow, that's what a bulldozer, it's bulldozer does to the earth. Yeah. Um, so. Insane power involved. When you have a tornado, maybe you guys don't know the answer to this, that's a mile wide. Does it have like an eye? Like meaning like in the inside of it, is it I like – I don't know. And I think that's uh, – they study – they're trying to study that. People like Reed Timmer who was on the show like <laughs> Helen Storm Hunt. Chasers, Helen Hunt, um, Paxton. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> So Reed Timmer, though, is a meteorologist storm chaser. He's got the Dominator, that like that specialized storm chasing vehicle. He is deploying – he and other people now are trying to deploy things like in the path of tornadoes and even like fly drones into tornadoes that have the ability to capture data. 
to try to get that information because no one's ever. That's literally the plot of the movie Twister. Go, <laughs> check, go check it out. If I you know haven't. this sounds weird. And I think I've said this about other scientific stuff that we don't know. It's kind of comforting to me that with all of our technology and our vast knowledge that we still have so many unanswered questions yeah. about the raw power it is of incredible. God's nature. Yeah. I, you know, you'd think that we would have some answers on this tornado situation, but there's so much stuff that we still don't know. Yeah, yeah but you kind of got to go stand out in front of it and, you know, throw something at, yeah, the, there, I mean, at the end of the day. There's like a few years ago, two of the most prolific storm chasers, well, one guy's name was Tim Samaras, uh, who really pioneered that whole like getting in front of a storm, deploying. And he was known as like the safe guy, like not the cowboy storm chaser. And he got caught up and killed oh, wow. in his truck, uh, got rolled by a tornado. Hmm. And so it's like these are real scientists like being very methodical and careful. And they still get the, the tornado took a turn that no one expected. And I mean, could yeah. they not? I mean, I don't know. I guess you'd have to like have a friggin' ton of these things, but could they not have just like bulletproof uh, weather station things? The dominator. That, that are everywhere that are just like anchored to the earth. Yeah, that that's interesting. You know, I'm that, sure it's been discussed. I mean, it would, it would cost millions upon millions of dollars, yeah. but especially like, Out you know, in Kansas or whatever, when, when they can kind of predict sort of like path, storms yeah. of paths. Yeah. What am I trying to say? Storm paths. Right. It seems like maybe this already exists. Maybe yeah, I don't know. There'd this. be like, yeah, you'd like put out a grid of that's what I mean. data stations that could pick up. Right. Now, you'd yeah. have to maintain these things and all kinds right. of – I mean, that would be so expensive. I'm sure it's uh, on the list of items because, yeah, now they're using drone technology. Because that's the thing. They're so unpredictable that you, you have to go to them at this point to right. try to get in front of them. So, yeah, really terrible, uh, huge, huge outbreak. Uh, another pl- – the Corvette factory, I only bring this up. So Bowling Green, Kentucky was another population center. Oh, we got hit with a sinkhole? So the Corvette factory, Dang. Uh, an EF2 came near it. It was probably only an EF1 by the time it it, it ripped off the factory. Uh, so I, th- I don't, didn't – couldn't find anything on the museum itself. Mm. But the factory got Rip some the roof off. Roof off. Yeah. Uh, a security outbuilding was destroyed. Uh, yeah, I bring that up because I've been to the Corvette Museum and like eight years ago, a sinkhole opened up under the Corvette we Museum. We saw so now, cars in the sinkhole. Yeah, yeah. It was right. We went right after. Then yeah. the, 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 there's still a portal, I think, into the sinkhole. But I like how you call it a portal. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, not everyone can say we've had a sinkhole and a tornado. I'd maybe move the museum at this point. It's just a thought. Maybe. It's it's in Dixie Alley for hmm. sure. Um, this is actually a little further further north than typical. But Kentucky does get its share of tornadoes, especially the eastern part of the state. Uh, let's see. Some other interesting things. There was a photo that was found 130 miles away in Indiana no that was traced back. Uh, so a man in Dawson Springs, Kentucky, confirmed that a tornado that belonged to them traveled 130 miles by car or as the crow flies. You mean a photo? That a photo. 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 Sorry. Yeah. What did I say? A tornado. Tornado, oh, tornado that belonged to them. Sorry. A tornado. <laughs> Confusing. Tornado. Uh, photo belonged to them carried by the tornado. From Dawson Springs to somewhere in Indiana. Uh, can't find the name of the town. So that's interesting. That comes up because this tornado outbreak set some records, especially the biggest tornado 
I'm reading some tweets here. There was a record, apparently a record that is yet to be confirmed, but the Mayfield, Kentucky tornado, which was that EF4, lofted debris, and this is mind-blowing, lofted debris over 30,000 feet into the air. Dang. Um, that's like, which Del- means that's, that's like, it's like a Airline Dyson vacuum territory. sucked 30,000 feet. Now, anything, so a tornado debris signature can be picked up by radar. So radar, the new advanced radars can now tell the difference between uh, rain and hail and actual like physical debris off the ground. And so this is the highest ever recorded like debris signature that high. That's five it's miles. It's called TDS. Yeah, tornado debris signature. Anything over eighteen thousand feet is considered like extremely severe. Uh, so I mean, this is morbid, but like these people, <laughs> people that that died, is this like confirmed? Like we found that your body, or is it? This person was definitely confirmed to be in this house at such and such time, and the house is no longer there. What I'm getting at is, were there people that died that were like sucked up thirty thousand feet, not, and then dumped not, like a hundred miles away? Not typically. Like, not typically. I don't know that you find. How does that yeah. work? In tornadoes, most deaths are caused by flying debris and building collapse, yeah. and not like well, not I get you that. physically being yeah, not sucked not into Wizard of Oz. I'm style. just saying, like, if you're in a house and you get killed. By flying debris because your your house is literally being torn apart. Right. This is horrible. And your house gets sucked up into the debris field mm-hmm. along with you. Yeah. You're wondering That's about remains. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, how? <clears throat> Who knows? Here is – I don't have the other statistic, oddly. I did pull up the longest distance carried by a tornado and surviving. So I, couldn't, I didn't see anything on a dead body being uh, carried. But somebody was carried 1,300 feet, which is just Dang. about a quarter of a mile that, and survived. Really? Yeah. So there's my little. Like how? I read a story about a little girl who was, it was in this outbreak and she was in a house with her family and she, she lived, but she was, she said she rode in the tornado. Like it picked her up and threw her. Crazy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Bonkers power involved here. Um, so more some more statistics. A 283-mile-per-hour gate-to-gate velocity was recorded. So this is... Wait, say it, that again? <clears throat> 280 miles an hour? 283-mile-per-hour gate-to-gate. But the caveat is this was at 5,000 feet above mm. the ground. So What is gate-to-gate? A mean? Doppler radar reads it shoots beams out, and then it also... Reads being re, reads the bounce back coming in, and it goes in all directions. So this is very confusing. But if you're sending out waves against a tornado, some of those waves are like coming back at you faster, and the the ones that are hitting the moisture going away from you move the other way. So some are coming at you, and some are moving away from you in a tornado, and that's what gives you that signature red and green. I don't know if you've ever seen this, if you watch like the weather when tornadoes are coming, but it's like a red and green, they call it a couplet. And that means there's areas of air right against each other where air is moving completely opposite directions. Okay. Okay. So that's telling you like a rotation is happening. 283 miles an hour gate to gate means about half of that speed, like 120, 140 miles per hour is coming at the radar and 140 miles an hour is going away from the radar. So that's the twisting, like, wow. 
Anyway, 283 is a massive number, 5,000 feet above the ground. That's why that number is significant. Yeah. So not ground level rotation. Right. This is so you're 5,000 feet in the air. The storm is spinning at 283 miles. So an hour, it could basically. have been more at the ground level? Yes. And they, uh, there was another, I don't know if I printed it out. Somebody, or it likely somebody, was faster. Yeah. Somebody caught a, a reading, which may be the highest recorded, because the highest recorded is like 303 miles per hour. And people were saying this was like 310. That's incredible. I mean, so you're, this is your friendly building designer uh, chiming in now. You, I don't want to yes, say you want to kiss this your kiss important. your butt goodbye, but that, that's you got. I mean, the buildings are not designed to to withstand that. I mean, all right, most buildings are not designed to withstand that sort of wind pressure. That's an incredible. You'd have to be in like a concrete bunker. Well, that's and I mean, I that's mean, what we'll a, get they're to. specially designed structures that that can only withstand that. Now, I did rough. see you got to get below ground. I saw, and I, I'm sure there's more stories of this, but you guys have seen those uh, where you like literally dig a hole in your backyard and they have these like w- one unit yeah. little. You can do them under your garage. Yeah, yep. and it's just like a little stairwell. And it's then a, just it's like a dream. Just if for whatever room. reason, yeah, I move out of a house with a basement. Like, yeah, that's going to be a must. But they used it and survived. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. You, I yeah, mean, dropping it into your garage door, sl- uh, garage floor. You can park on it, park um, on top of it. So now you have to get rid of your car. Yeah, on short, you got to move it. But I've also seen. I mean, this is everywhere now in Oklahoma. Is the they concrete build a, bunkers, They just build a bunker yeah. in your in your garage. They just they just yeah. Bore, they just uh, put rods into the slab of your garage and then tie that into the, the concrete bunker. And you basically go sit in a gun safe until it passes. But multiple people have been proven like they survive. House is gone. Bunker's there. Wow. And that's the only way you're getting around these. Like when you get up into EF4, EF5 territory, unless you are below ground. Yep. Uh, it, fully, yeah, like even over. with like even like this house, like I'm saying Tim's house or my house with a basement, an EF5 is just gonna like that's not gonna matter. Like yeah. it's gonna take the house and then it's gonna pull everything out of it uh, so. with it. Oh yeah. So if it's a direct hit, uh, I've got some pictures here, which is great for podcasts. Um, <laughs> but if you guys can see these, I'll describe them. Um, there's a basically just a tree limb like shot through. The tire of this like big Silverado, Jeez. Uh, just in one side and out the other. That's like a two by four going through a through a tire. Yeah, there's a there's a refrigerator which is wedged into this branch of a tree, about twenty feet off the ground. Yeah, big oak tree or something, and the refrigerator is just shoved into it. Stucco house, just all kinds of debris just pop right through that wall, like it wasn't even there. Just yeah. these are like gunshot looking things, and then there's like a two by six through the roof of the house, Jeez. like it was nothing. So at these strengths, you you have no chance yeah. unless you have a fortified building. Like if and again, but they're incredibly rare. They're very rare. They are. Uh, let me talk about that for a second. So. They, it, it's it's yes and no. Depends on where you live, obviously. Um, where's my chart? So let me read you off. These are the single deadliest tornadoes in U.S. history. I'll just read you the dates that these happened. Deadliest tornadoes in history, 695 deaths, tri-state tornado. And these are single tornadoes. These are not outbreak. This is a single tornado. 695 deaths, tri-state tornado, 1925. And then it goes down from there to like about 115 deaths. Was the number 10? The years 1925, 1840, 1896, 1936, 1936, 1947, 2011, 
1953. That has to be because of the technology. Yes, like you could not exactly warn, you couldn't warn people. So right? we have not like I mean, Dave, but I, I think global warming really ramped Uh-oh. up then. I, so I think that's actually I've also why. got that chart, too. So that chart <laughs> is there is no from 1954, even with our ability to confirm tornadoes better than 1954, over time, we get better at seeing what is a tornado and, see, you know, knowing what's happening in the country weather-wise. There's no real uh, trend. There's actually a big swell from 1970 to about 1984. Uh, if you guys are looking at the chart, yeah, the it same looks way like I a am. pretty consistent. And it is pretty consistent. Over. So there has this is not there are not uh, outbreaks of more severe tornadoes necessarily. There's some peak years like 2010. 2017, like a few peak years here and there, but yeah, we had peak okay, years so, way back when. So it, point point being, we we are in fact saving countless lives by the technology that we have to warn people that this is coming. And yes, and exactly. you've had you've had a pretty consistent amount of sounds like severe weather since the 1900 early 1900s. It looks like yeah, and and based on that that research, yeah, technology and education goes a long way. So if since this is the UK Man podcast, I know we're probably going over time, but CDC, wherever you want to look, weather.gov, you can find what you should do. It's all the same. Go into your room. If you don't have a basement, go to an interior room. Stay away from windows. Uh, get as low as you can. Do not be in a mobile home. Uh, in your car, this is interesting. I feel like this is a change, but in your car, I always heard, get out of your car. I've get always, out of your I've, car I'm like, I'm not getting out. I'm just not going to get, get out. Get in a ditch or something. And, and this, now it says, it just says, don't try to outrun it and don't That's seek what I would shelter do. I would, in an overpass. I would outrun it. Now, why the overpass thing? Because like, the speed of the wind increases. There's it's a, two reasons. It's a net. As I understand it, Josh is about to debunk me. <laughs> no, As I understand it, it's a narrow, so it's an essentially a narrower opening that the wind is blowing through. And when that happens, if you can imagine, the wind speed increases underneath that overpass. Okay, the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you can get like tucked way up in it, like under the girders, you're probably okay. But the big reason is traffic jams. People mm, stop their cars uh, yeah. and they're freaked out, yeah. so they don't pull off the road. They just get out, get to an overpass, and then nobody and can now get you out have of a there. Tractor, a traffic jam of two hundred cars now, where a tornado is going to just yeah. take them. So that's the that's the number one reason. Wow! And that was all. Literally, everyone points back to there was an Oprah episode where a family was. I was old just home thinking video. that. Yeah, I think everyone took see, shelter yeah. up, and everyone. But from they were that tucked like on, way. Yeah, yeah, they up were all the way there. up under it, but. From that point on, the weather experts like had to just go against that because so everyone saw that and was like, "Oh, that's what you do. do that's they the say, safest place." Do they say now you can stay in your car? Because I've always heard, yes, get out they, of your car and say, get into a ditch. And they I'm like, say, nah. get in a ditch if you can, but it's it just says if you're unable to make it to safe shelter. This is option one: get low in your vehicle and cover your neck or head, hmm. or you can leave your vehicle and go to a low lying area. So I would do what they tell you not to do, which is try and outrun it. Yeah, that's what I would do, too. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else? That's it. Just the usual. Uh, be safe. Helmets is a thing now. Um, I did helmets I read one a time. Story. I couldn't I couldn't refind it, but it, I, someone in Kentucky had put their baby in a car seat, like their baby yeah. baby. Yeah. And I think the baby survived, I think. No, if it there was, was some, one baby that didn't survive. Yeah, there so. was that one – because, like, they showed a picture of this one baby – and they're like, she was no. only two months old. Yeah. And then, like, a couple of days later, she had a stroke. Like she 
she passed. Oh. I've oh, done the helmets yeah. thing because we don't have anywhere. Like we're on a crawl space on a hill. Mm-hmm. And so we're essentially just a tornado target. Yep. And so we get into our staircase uh, in a closet. But I've done the helmet thing. Like just it like, just kind of makes sense. Yeah, like if like, something falls on your head, exactly. you want a helmet on. With anything else, uh, your body's exposed. You want to protect your head and yep. neck. Yep. Uh, don't waste time looking for helmets if a tornado is imminent. Get them ready uh, early. Yeah. Have them in the closet yep. or wherever you go. I think that's about it. I think that's a wrap. It was a terrible tornado. I've got two siblings that live in western Kentucky, and luckily the storms pretty much dissipated. I think my sister, a tornado passed just north of her town, um, right on the tail end of that storm. But anyway, uh, if you want to donate, go to our webpage. I know if you go to GoFundMe, like wherever you want to go, but Southern Baptist, like they do tons of really – Intense on the ground where it's needed right. relief. As um, is Salvation Army and yep. of course Red Cross. Yeah. Any of those are going to be really. And good. another you can man thing like there, there, this guy was all over CNN and everything. He just he was in a nearby town, drove his grill to Mayfield, Kentucky. Oh, I and saw like that. Yeah. And just a few people, and you know that's if you really want to help. Number one, stay out of the way. Bring things that are necessary: water, food. The best way is to get hooked up with people with who are trained that, yeah, relief exactly. volunteers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's not saying don't help out at all. Like if you're able to, take what you can and help people out and give them a hug or whatever they need. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. This will, of course, be our last show of the year. See you next year. But <laughs> hey, we're we're committed. We're going to try to be doing this once a month. We think that that's doable. So tune in in January sometime. And, hey, uh, hit us up on the Facebook group page if there's some topics you want us to tackle. Uh, We're definitely going to be having some guests on some future episodes. So let us know if there's something that interests you that you want us to talk about. Or Or if you know someone interesting that should be on the show. For sure. Yeah. All right. You guys have a Merry Christmas, and we'll catch you next time. 